This is Digital Marketing Happy Hour Last Call. Grab a beverage and listen while we peruse the news and catch you up on the digital marketing news you may have missed this past week. Digital Marketing Happy Hour Last Call is brought to you by Araxum News. Visit news.araxam.com. That's news.araxam.com to stay up to date on the latest digital marketing and MarTech news. It's updated daily. Subscribe today and never miss out. Now, on with the news. Google's Project Bernanke gave Titan unfair ad buying edge lawsuit claims. The New York Post is reporting that Google has utilized a secret program to track bids on its ad buying platform and has been accused of using the information to gain an unfair market advantage that raked in hundreds of millions of dollars annually, according to a report. The initiative, dubbed Project Bernanke, and an apparent reference to former Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke, was detailed in court filings in an ongoing Texas-led antitrust suit, which were initially uploaded to an online docket with incomplete redactions, the Wall Street Journal reported this past week. In the documents, since refiled under seal, Google reportedly acknowledged the existence of Project Bernanke and wrote that details of its operations are not disclosed to ad publishers, but denied that it gave the search titan an unfair advantage. Lawyers for the Lone Star State argue, however, that the program was tantamount to insider trading, particularly when combined with Google's complicated, multi-layered role in the online advertising marketplace. The company operates simultaneously as the operator of a major ad exchange, a representative of both buyers and sellers on the exchange, and a buyer in its own right, according to the suit. By using Project Bernanke's inside information on what other ad buyers were willing to pay for space, Google could tailor its operations to beat out rivals and bid the bare minimum to secure an ad inventory, the state reportedly argues. Separately, the filings reveal more details about Jedi Blue, an alleged hush-hush deal in which Google allegedly guaranteed that Facebook would win a fixed percentage of advertising deals in which the social media giant bid. An unredacted section of the filing reveals that the deal was signed by Philip Schindler, Google's senior vice president and chief business officer, and Sheryl Sandberg, Facebook's chief operating officer, among others, according to the report. Google reportedly acknowledged in its initially unredacted court response that it agreed to make commercially reasonable efforts to guarantee that Facebook could identify a majority of users in ad auctions. Google also admitted that the deal required Facebook to spend $500 million or more in Google's ad manager or ad mob bids in the PAC's fourth year, and that Facebook agreed to make efforts to win 10% of the auctions in which it competed, the Wall Street Journal said. The Texas-led suit is one of the three antitrust actions Google is facing, while Facebook is also fending off allegations of building an online monopoly. Now, Ryan, this is big news, and some might question why we would choose to include this in a marketing news podcast, but the fact is, it shows a lot of shady dealings happening between the big tech titans here. And if the stuff that's in this lawsuit is true, it's driving up the cost for consumers and small businesses while sharing in the profit between these organizations. And you know, as the article said, this is one of three antitrust actions Google is facing. Facebook is also fending off a whole host of other allegations. There's big business in this. And the fact that they're not just competing with themselves, in other words, Google having this ability to buy ads at a minimum, but they're signing deals with each other to give them cuts of the action. This is real shady business that's going to impact small businesses, and the marketers that are doing the work here to try to get the best deals for their clients. I don't like this. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's it reeks of the the dirtiness that occurs in Washington D.C. in politicians, and you don't always know it, but when you do, it just reaffirms kind of you're, you're that ickiness factor. And like you just said, you're, you're now seeing it. You kind of knew it was there, but now having some proof of it and all these antitrust action lawsuits against these big players, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I think you're right. How you know who's it going to affect? And there's a lot of things that are affecting. It's going to go down and kind of hurt the small to medium businesses in this in this country. So something to keep an eye on. Gartner says 63% of digital marketing leaders still struggle with personalization, yet only 17% use AI, artificial intelligence, and machine learning across the function. Nearly two-thirds of digital marketing leaders continue to struggle with delivering personalized experiences to their customers, according to Gartner. In a survey of 350 marketing leaders from November 2020 through December 2020, delivering personalized experiences and mapping digital messages to audience channel preferences each increased in severity by eight and six percentage points, respectively, from the year before in 2019. Part of the problem is that digital marketing leaders are still scaling their use of emerging technologies, such as artificial intelligence and machine learning, to align with their customer acquisition and retention goals. Gartner's survey revealed that only 17% are using AI and ML broadly across the marketing function. So in this survey, there were several questions that were asked. We're gonna focus on the top three challenges in executing digital marketing strategy. So I think this is very interesting and does align. The number one challenge was leveraging integrated customer data to drive digital marketing execution which is something that we've talked about here a lot. Number two is something we've also recently talked about, and that's complying with privacy and security standards, including GDPR, CCPA, and other regulatory frameworks. And we had a great interview with Puneet Bhatia, who really dives deep into this. And then the third biggest challenge, hiring qualified personnel to support digital marketing efforts. So there's a lot of different challenges that go into this. Those are the top three, but included in this were delivering personalized experiences to customers and mapping digital marketing messages to audience channel preferences. So I wanted to talk with the top three, but also zero in on this personalized experiences to customers. To better address personalization challenges, digital marketing leaders focused on strategy and execution consider following these three steps. Number one, Create a personalization roadmap. Develop an organizational framework that ties the deployment of emerging technologies to strategic digital marketing objectives. Number two, leverage existing technologies first. Maximize what can be achieved with personalization by leveraging existing tools in conjunction with available data and content before committing to these new technologies. Marketing organizations should use artificial intelligence and machine learning tools to mature their efforts by driving greater relevance in marketing engagement and increasing influence over customer behavior. And then third, focus on change management. Approach the implementation of AI and ML technologies within a change management context, accounting for the impact that will bring to the organizational culture. Factor in staffing and training needs to build trust in bring the new technologies to life. 
when we look at how things changed in 2020 and how this digital transformation was just, it, it was already happening, but it just seemed in a snap of a finger, so much transformation happened in the snap of a finger. A lot of these still are falling behind and the struggles are real with digital marketing leaders. And looking at you know delivering personalized experiences to customers, it's big and it's a big challenge. And then of course, being able to map out the messaging to audiences, their specific channel preferences, right? So when you are marketing and you are on different channels, you don't just copy and paste that same message. It has to meet whatever channel they're on. A Twitter message, for example, is going to be different than what you write out in a blog post, which will be different in a video that you might have on Instagram. So these are definite challenges that people are facing and they're continuing to face. So this is at a point here where I think the companies for themselves that can integrate these new technologies, the quickest will definitely have a leg up on their competition, Chris. Yeah, the marketing technology landscape is vast and it's growing every year. We had a great conversation a couple of months ago with Scott Brinker about what the space looks like. And it's interesting that we have all of these tools at our fingertips now, and yet marketers are struggling with personalization still. And I think there's a lot of things that go into that. First is, while there's a lot of technology that can help, there's very few systems that do everything. So very often you're having to work with interjoining systems and that can get very expensive over time. The other side of it is, even though you can do a lot with personalization and with AI, it can be challenging to pull it all together. Most people or most marketing teams that I think you and I have seen and worked with over the last few years, when they talk about personalization, they're really talking about two factors. They're segmenting their list, which is a great way to start, right? Sending specific messages to specific members of the audience. And then personalization within things like the email itself, where it's, you know, high first name. And that's great high level personalization. But there's a level of detail here that I think separates the truly successful companies from those that are just doing it at a more vanity perspective, right? All of us are used to getting an email at this point that says hi, and then our first name. That's kind of standard practice of, you know, operating in today's world. But, you know, you laid out some good tips here and organizations that are able to leverage this and reposition their teams more wisely to take advantage of it are going to find themselves in a better spot, especially in a post-pandemic world where this level of customer service is just becoming expected now. Microsoft confirms $20 billion acquisition of AI and speech recognition company Nuance. CNET is reporting that Microsoft has signed a deal to acquire AI and speech recognition company Nuance Communications in a deal valued at nearly $20 billion, the tech giant confirmed last week in a blog post. Technology from Burlington, Massachusetts-based Nuance helped Apple's digital assistant Siri. The deal, which was reported by Bloomberg last week, will help Microsoft deliver new cloud and AI capabilities across healthcare and other industries, the company said. Microsoft said it will acquire Nuance for $56 per share at a 23% premium over the stock's close last week, and an all-cash transaction valued at $19.7 billion. The deal will be Microsoft's second largest acquisition ever after its $26.2 billion deal to buy LinkedIn in 2016. Nuance CEO Mark Benjamin will continue in his role reporting to Microsoft's cloud and AI chief. Quote, Nuance provides the AI layer at the healthcare point of delivery and is a pioneer in the real-world application of enterprise AI, said Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella in the blog post last week. AI is technology's most important priority, and healthcare is its most urgent application. 
Together with our partner ecosystem, we will put advanced AI solutions into the hands of professionals everywhere to drive better decision-making and create more meaningful connections as we accelerate growth of Microsoft Cloud in healthcare and nuance. Like many tech companies, Microsoft has invested heavily in artificial intelligence in recent years. Last year, it unveiled an enormous supercomputer for AI work that contained 285,000 processor cores. In 2018, it acquired XOXCO, a startup that develops conversational artificial intelligence, also known as chatbots. The deal is expected to close later this year. Now, Ryan, this is a big acquisition by Microsoft. They've spent a lot of money on LinkedIn, $26.2 billion, but as we know, that worked out very, very well for them. A Nuance is a company that I have been familiar with for close to 20 years now. They've been doing speech recognition for just about that long, and the technology is strong. That's why Apple was using it in the development of Siri. And as we talked about recently on the podcast, voice is the new method of search for everything. You're going to see more and more stuff moving to voice-based search. Nuance is going to play a huge role in that. So when you combine voice search with AI, and then you plug Microsoft's ecosystem into the back end of that, we're looking at a real powerhouse here. Yeah. And then you combine back in 2018 when they also invested in uh, the chatbots. You start putting all these together. If you didn't already know, this is where the future is. It's not even going to be. This is where it is. And I think as digital marketers, uh, we need to really start to learn more about that if you don't and how to optimize your websites for people who are searching this way, because these machines are going to continue to get smarter when people are searching as an example. So to make sure that you optimize, you know, long tail keyword phrases and so forth, I think it's it's vital. And it's one of those don't wait, you do it now. So again, as I said earlier, you can have a leg up on the competition. That was a quick recap of some of the top news you may have missed. We'll leave you with this quote from Joe Chernoff. Good marketing makes the company look smart. Great marketing makes the customer feel smart. If you enjoyed listening to Digital Marketing Happy Hour, please hit that subscribe button so you can effortlessly get that next episode downloaded on your phone. And if you really like us, please stop what you're doing right now and give us a review and a five-star rating. We truly appreciate it. This was Last Call. Thank you for listening. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.